Welcome to the official podcast of ToyPhotographers.com, where we talk to photographers from around the globe about turning action figures, Lego, miniatures, and more into fantastic works of art. Welcome to the Toy Photographers Podcast. Today's episode is the second of a planned eight-part series focused on toy photography from a beginner's perspective. My name is Terry Green-Henning, and I'm again joined by Ariel Figueroa. We're your hosts for this special series. Today's episode will focus on getting started with camera gear. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the first installment of this series, in which Ariel and I discuss our own journeys to toy photography, we encourage you to go back and have a listen to that one as well. Before we get started with this conversation, just a quick note that today's episode won't be very technical. While there's a ton of technical information related to cameras and lenses, we won't be doing a deep dive. However, there are plenty of resources online if you're looking for that kind of info, and we'll be sure to add our favorite go-to resources in the show notes. So now, let's get started. Hi, Ariel. How are you? Good, Terry. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, during our last episode, you mentioned how, for you, toys came before cameras. That's Is that correct for those who haven't listened correct. yet? Yes. Okay. So I'm curious, if you could walk us through your journey to the camera gear you're currently using. So my journey, so the, I mean, the very first picture I took was just with my iPhone, just because I was uh, a little curious. So I figured I'd go ahead and get started with my iPhone, see how it would come out. And uh, I think that, yeah, that was the old, I only took one picture with it because I knew that my wife has a DSLR camera. I believe it's a Nikon D3200 believe is the one that she has so it's it's it's, it's an older model but you know uh she used it took took really good pictures with it so i figure i i'd give it a try and i used that camera maybe for about my first two months into it i want to say um took some really good pictures i was really happy with it and then I was lucky enough to get my hands on a Canon M50 mirrorless camera, which is the one that I'm using, which is the one I'm currently using. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like the evolution, you know, in my camera gear. Excellent. What I, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to ask you the same question. What, uh, what, what do you... Uh, what do you because you you're the opposite of me you were camera first mm-hmm. then then toys uh, yeah so I switched over uh, so I'm trying to think where should I start so yeah I've, I've had a camera some f- form of cameras um, for gosh going back since I was a teen so I would say in 2017 no 2016 I um ended up switching my DSLR, my Nikon DSLR. That's so a digital single lens reflex camera. So when you think of a, a typical, for those of you listening, and if you really are true newbies, if you think about a traditional camera, um, and we're just going to focus on digital these days and not film, um, you're, you're probably talking about a, a Canon or a Nikon DSLR. So I had been shooting Nikon um, personally, professionally, as, as part of my job at school, um, school events, stuff like that. And I think I made the switch mainly because I wanted to, to be, you know, I'd left my position at, at, as a teacher and I really wanted a new camera to symbolize like 
this new kind of focus on just shooting personally. Um, so I ended up going, I did a ton of research and I, I, I loved my Nikon, but I ended up switching my entire kit to a Fuji mirrorless system. So again, if you're new, um, and I'm, I'm going to not be technical <laughs> at all on this, um, a mirror, it's, it doesn't have a mirror in it. Um, so it's a lot smaller and more compact typically, and it also has a smaller sensor size. So when Ariel and I are gonna be talking, and, and especially when we get into talking about lenses, we will try our best to make sure that we're giving the lens equivalent in what is um, for us versus like 35 millimeters. So I assume, cause yours is a crop sensor too, correct? Mirrorless? My, mine is a crop sensor, yes. Okay. Okay, so we'll get into that in a second. But so I um, started with a Fuji X-T20, then I upgraded, um, I'm sorry, I started with an X-T10, then I went to a 20, then a 30. Um, I also picked up a Fuji uh, 100F, which is a fixed lens camera. And then this past year, so I always, you know, bought, then traded, then bought, then traded, um, sold. So I now shoot with um, almost exclusively the toy photography with uh, my Fuji X-T3. When I started the project, though, I, again, if you listen to the first episode, I mentioned how I started a, a daily 365 photo project, and it didn't initially start with toys. Um, but when it did, I had committed to this 365, and I only wanted to use one camera, and that was my Fuji 100F. So I wanted to shoot every day with a fixed lens camera it's it's it looks old school it's just such it's one of my favorite cameras it's um it's a fixed 23 millimeter lens so that's a 35 millimeter equivalent in in full frame but then I realized that it was kind of limiting when I started playing with toys so um switched at that time I think I can't remember if I already had my X-T3 or if I I think I did because I had traded for that um, and when I say trade, we'll, we'll talk about kind of how you can acquire camera gear and lens stuff um, later on in the episode. But yeah, so to make a long story short, Fuji X-T3, um, usually with one or two specific lenses. So both cameras that you and I use are, are interchangeable lens cameras, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, cool. Uh, do you want to kind of jump into what lens you use and then I'll say what I use and then we can talk about that yeah of course um so uh before i do the, the uh you're gonna briefly mention it um and for uh anyone who's listening so the the mirrorless see also the other thing pretty much the main thing i would say i like about the mirrorless camera is the the live view on the viewfinder or the little what three inch screen that's on it um is what you you actually see in the end result so unlike a dslr that you know when you uh set up a shot you're looking at it through your viewfinder you're looking at it through the through the small screen and you're like okay cool it looks perfect at least for me in my experience with my wife's camera what was happening is that i would and again this is when i just got started uh new to photography so i have no idea what the hell was going on um but, you know, just when I got the lighting right and it looked good and I took the picture, when I looked at the picture, it was darker. It, 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 it was not what was shown, not what I saw when I took the picture. 
Um, and I guess just, you know, from doing research and asking friends, that's just how DSLR, DSLRs work. Uh, I guess because of the mirror, the, the image bouncing off the mirror um, uh, that goes into the viewfinder, uh, which again, a little technical. I don't know much about it. So if you want to speak on that, by all means, go ahead. Um, so when it comes to a mirrorless camera, since it's, again, no mirror and it's straight digital, what you're seeing in the viewfinder and what you're seeing in the screen is the way your picture will come out, is how your picture will come out. Uh, so that was the biggest reason uh, why I'm a fan of mirrorless cameras and why going forward, I think I'm going to stay with mirrorless cameras if I ever do get a new camera. Um, plus, like Terry mentioned, it's a lot lighter, a lot more compact, which I really like as well. The only downside to that is when you attach a fairly heavy uh, lens to it, it's really the, the balance kind of sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> but which is one of the issues that I find with mine because um, another another issue, at least, and I don't know if it's like that with all mirrorless cameras, but I know with the Canon mirrorless camera, it has its it has a, a different um, mounting system. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a, a lens that you, if you, let's say if you go from a, DLS, a DSLR camera and you have all these lenses for DSLR cameras and you get yourself a mirrorless camera, even if it's a Canon, it, it's not going to fit uh, because the adapt, the, the, you know, how you connect the, the lens to the body, the body um, is uh, smaller, I believe it is, mm-hmm. than, than a regular DSLR. Mount. Is that right? I, I think so, and I think it varies camera to camera. Um, I made a clean switch. You know, I went from from Nikon DSLR to Fuji mirrorless. So I just sold my camera and my lenses. Um, but what you can do if you if you are sitting home and you're like, you know, I do want to make a switch. I want to stay with Canon or I want to stay with Nikon, and you have a DSLR, there may be adapters, but I'm not yes. sure what what that does um that's where i think my knowledge base just doesn't extend into that <laughs> that realm um but that would be yeah. you know if you have a local camera shop i would certainly suggest heading in there and just asking some questions and playing around if you're if you're you know using an old camera um the technology has just i don't know it blows me away sometimes to think about how far we've come um and this is coming from someone who doesn't know all the ins and outs of the technology i just know gosh we've come a really long way um to using what we use now and and you're right having that live view and i know that what i see is what i'm gonna get that's awesome um and and i would say that's awesome whether you're a beginner or not so it it is kind of nice tweaking things in the camera and then knowing that that I'm going to get that back in the day, you know, when we used to shoot film, it's like, well, I have no idea. I'll wait the two weeks Yo, until exactly. until they come back. <laughs> you got to wait until you get it back in the film and then see, OK, I took it. It, it came out good or crap. Or, yeah, I have, you know, 36 photos <laughs> with my thumb in it, you know. So, exactly. yeah, it's gosh, it's it's so much easier now. Yeah. Um, so what kind of lens are you using or lenses? So I currently interchange between three lenses. So, um, the standard, I believe it's a 14 by, uh, 14 to 55 millimeter kit lens Mm -hmm. that came with the camera. Um, I use that sometimes, um, depends on the shot that I'm trying to get. 
Um, but the the two lenses that I use the most, I would say, is the fifty mil the Canon fifty millimeter prime lens, um, uh, or as you might hear it called, the uh, it's a nifty fifty or fifty nifty, mm-hmm. one of those two. Um, it's uh, but that fifty. Let me sorry to interrupt. But yes. that fifty on your Canon is actually like an eighty-five. It's about yeah. It's, uh, because okay. of the crop censoring, it's about an eighty to eighty-five. Okay. On on mine because I I I do have an adapter. I do have um so cam uh, Canon uses um EF mounts. Mm-hmm. Yes, EF mounts, and that's when that's uh for their normal DSLR uh, lenses. Um, the mount on the M50 is a EF-M mount. So I'm guessing um, for mirrorless. So I had to, on Amazon, I just ordered, uh, I forgot what company it's from. But um, if we do, um, I can share pictures and, you know, they'll be on the, the website show notes uh, for everyone to take a look at it. Um, I found it on Amazon and it's a EOS, uh, EOS EF, EOS EF mount to EOS EF dash M mount adapter. So I'm able to use that 50 millimeter um, uh, because I know uh, Canon there's there's a bunch of there's a there's a handful of lenses um, like actual mirrorless lenses like the the kit one that I have that's it it, it came with the camera so it just attaches right to without an adapter Um, and Canon also sells other mirrorless lenses that you don't need an adapter um but since i already had that 50 millimeter one i just got the adapter um so i use that one and i i mainly use that one um again it depends on the shot like if i'm trying to get um more than one figure in focus you know i bump up the aperture just to be able to get um be able to get more than one figure in focus um but I really like that lens. It's it's a great portrait lens, is is what I hear. <laughs> um, so really good for portraits. Um, the other one that I use, which is probably my go-to lens for a lot of my shots, is uh, the Lens Baby Sweet Fifty. So it's another fifty millimeter lens. Again, about eighty to eighty-five because of the crop sensor on my camera. But uh, I I love 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 this Lens Baby lens so much just because of the effect. Um, and I, I can briefly go into what the lens baby effect is. Uh, for any of you who haven't, uh, who aren't familiar with who lens baby are, uh, lens baby is. Uh, so lens baby is just a, a company that makes lenses. They make a couple of other accessories as well, but they mostly uh, make lenses. And their their niche, their niche, if I said that correctly, um, is artistic lenses. So pretty much lenses that already come uh with some kind of effect uh some kind of blur effect some kind of bokeh effect some kind of focusing linear focusing effects um and other ones i mean they have so many different lenses that just create this amazing look to an image without you having to do any kind of post editing on it um so mine is the Sweet 50, which pretty much what it does is that it focuses in on a, it's called the Sweet 50 because it has a sweet spot that I can focus in and it will blur depending on how wide open or how close the aperture I set, it will either really blur out everything else or 
uh, it, the distance of the blurriness, I would say. Um, so it's it, it really creates this amazing blur effect. Um, I, I think my favorite image that I used it on was the dark brown image with uh, Freddy behind him. Um, and that just, I, I, to this day, is still my favorite image that I've taken. And a lot of it is because of that lens. Wow, so that's awesome. Those are the, the those are pretty much the three lenses I use. With the lens baby definitely being my go to favorite one. Okay, but, and that um, for those listening and and who are new, um, and new to lens baby or new even to photography, that's a manual focus lens, correct? Yes, yes, um, it is a manual focus lens. Um, so it obviously you know when I plug it into my camera. Um, the, uh, the aperture sensor on the camera does not detect it. So it is a manual, uh, focus and manual aperture change on the lens itself that you have to do, which I actually love more. I don't know how you feel about it, Terry, but I, I, you, I go manual all the time. I love manual focusing. I feel more like I have more control over it. Even when I use my 50 millimeter one and the kit one, um, which I can use automatic focusing on it, autofocus on it. I, I switch it to manual just because I don't, I don't know what it is about the manual focus. How do, what do, mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? I go back and forth. Um, it's funny because I never, I never trusted myself to use manual focus, um, I would say prior really to, to the last year or so, um, mainly because, you know, I'd be shooting like a basketball game at school and I never wanted to miss the shot or I just didn't trust that I had the ability. And then when I started, when I moved to Fuji and then really started playing around and experimenting and really using primes, um, you know, single focal length lenses, as opposed to, um, I always used like kit lenses or zoom lenses and, I now really like it and the control you're right I mean you have you have control over everything if you go fully manual I would say a lot of the time I'm I'm still um maybe auto focus but I I do set up everything else manually um if that makes sense you know obviously you're setting your ISO you're setting your aperture um I do like manual focus on my Fuji because I I don't know if the Canon does this but I can use what's called focus peaking which it will let me see do you have that where it'll kind of be a a cheater you know to help you kind of see what's in focus um so yeah that's been a lot of fun and I love gosh you you were kind of sold me on the sweet 50 I I keep looking at that one and it's like oh do I want to try it um I bought the lens baby velvet 56 uh I bought that used and again we'll we'll give you some hints and, and tricks to acquiring gear but I bought that used and I really like it it softens the whole picture depending again how wide open or not it is um, but the sweet 50 is, is the one I was also torn between. Um, so I'll have to, I'll have to yeah. check that out a little bit more and watch some of the videos. And a lot of toy photographers use lens baby lenses. Um, if you know the work of Shelly Corbett, she's a lens baby shooter, ambassador, um, all things lens baby. And, and the effects are just so cool. Um, bunch of folks yeah, she, use she, lens baby. She was the one that, Shelly was the one that put me onto it from looking at her photos and then just seeing her talk about it. And then uh, one, she did a, uh, an online um, presentation for Lens Baby a couple months ago. And, and that was it. Like I, 
you know, I actually, actually, now that I remember, I got two. I got the Sweet 50 and I got the Edge 50. Okay. Um, which is another one. The Edge 50 is that linear line of focusing that depending on how you tilt it. Oh, here's another thing with these lens baby lenses. They're tilts. So they mm-hmm. use a tilt. And um, so you can pretty much angle your lens whichever way you want, which depending on your angle gives you a different type of uh, focus strength, I guess, if that makes any sense. <laughs> okay. Um, so the, the, the Edge 50 has... Um, it, 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 it it's kind of like the same thing but it's like a think of it like as a straight line of focus um that you can set on a certain image so i, I haven't used that lens as much because it, the learning curve on that lens is really tough i have okay. yet i have yet been able to get it um to the point that i almost i not that I gave up on it because I still have it, but <laughs> I really haven't used it in a long time just because it was just getting so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Shelly, going back to Shelly, she mentioned it's like it's a big learning curve with that lens. So you really have to play around with it until you feel comfortable and you're like, finally, you get it. The okay. focus peak, the focus peaking definitely helps, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always work, which is yeah. really weird. So, um so I, I think it's one of those, like, if I actually made myself practice with it more that I would get it, I just haven't come around to it. And also because just, you know, this, using the Sweet 50 and the 50 millimeter prime with, it just, it, it's been hitting everything that I, I, I want to achieve. So I really haven't gone to it. But yeah, it's, I, I mean, I would definitely reckon, I've gotten comments on, on, my, on Instagram from some photographer saying, how'd you get that effect? How'd you get that blur effect? And then when I tell them, they're just like, I'm going to have to look into that lens. I'm like, yes, you are. You That's awesome. To look into that lens. Um, it, it's definitely, I mean, and, and I've only shot toy photography with it. I haven't even done anything like, you know, nature or outside. I could just, you know, I can imagine how awesome those photos would come out. Um, because I've seen them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen them on Lens Baby's website from other photographers that use it for landscaping and stuff like that. And it's 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 amazing. Oh, that's awesome. I, I always forget to grab my velvet, you know, the Lens Baby velvet, because I usually use, I guess I'm, I'm primarily in two lenses. Um, I'll use my 16 1.4, which is, and this sounds kind of weird because it's a wide angle lens. Um, however, it allows for really close focusing so I can get like right up to the subject with that 16 so that's probably a 20 I think it's like a 24 equivalent on a full frame but if I use the 16 I can get you know I can shoot wide open so it's got that 1.4 you know it's a fast lens I love shooting wide open in Fuji um so I can just get super up close and and it really the depth of field um I, I just love I love images with that with that lens. And I used to think that was just like a that was my go to lens outside. You know, it's it's a little heavier. Um, but, you know, heavy is nothing when you're talking mm-hmm. about it's all relative. But on a mirrorless, yes. like it's it's heavy for mirrorless, but not yeah. at all heavy. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, so I, I use the 16 1.4 or my um, 60 millimeter one to two macro so it's not a true macro um which 
again, I, I feel like I'm going to uh, butcher this explanation, but a true macro is a one-to-one where it fills the actual size becomes the size of the sensor, I think. And, and this is one to two. My husband actually has the, the Fuji macro, uh, which is a 90, uh, 80, 80 macro one-to-one, but that thing's a beast. You know, it's heavy and Part of why I moved to mirrorless was to just have more of a, a lightweight, compact kit. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not going to, you know, if a, if a lens is too heavy for me, I'm not going to have fun um, it's, if it just becomes a chore. So I find that the lenses that I use are, you know, they're compact, they're lightweight. I have them on my camera all the time. I Sometimes I'll go a week shooting one. Sometimes I'll, I'll shoot the same subject in both lenses just to see what happens but um yeah those are my two go-to lenses I I'm kind of now inspired to use my my velvet 56 a little bit more I love that soft look kind of a sucker for bokeh um and if you're not familiar with that term that's just that blurred background that I really love um some people you can overdo it but I think with toys it makes for some really really cool images and um yeah lens baby too I think the fact that you can be creative and you're not doing it in post-processing um you know you're creating those effects in camera that it's it's a really cool company making some really really fun products they are and and we are not ambassadors i'll just say like you and i aren't we're just like normal beginner people who are playing around um but yeah normal normal fans of lens baby i would say yep yep (laughs) Um, i mean if we were to become ambassadors i'd be okay with that (laughs) But um, it's just normal fans of Lens Baby. Yeah, it's, it's um, so you said when it comes to the heaviness of the camera, mm-hmm. which again, it, it, when it comes to mirrorless cameras, yes, it, it, it's an issue um, when you're using other lenses. Um, I remember for work, uh, I, I brought my camera to assist, um, you know, my, uh, I, I, I wanted to try out my camera when it comes to video. Because it's supposed to be a really, really good video camera, and the opportunity came up at work to use it, um, and then my coworker uh, let me uh, let me uh, use his lens, which I forget what it was, but it was a zoom lens that was like probably six inches long and like just super about like super super heavy, to the point that it, I mean, yeah, it was way heavier than my camera was. Um, so that was, I mean, luckily it was on a tripod, so it wasn't as, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't holding it, so it was, it was fine, but it, I was thinking, I was like, man, if I had to hold this, it would be super uncomfortable. So what I ended up getting, uh, I ended up getting a cage for my camera, and um, it's one of those, like, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those cages, it, 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 it serves a couple of purposes. Um, one uh, purpose is that it has all these uh, slots all around it. So that you can attach different things. So if you wanted to attach a uh, uh, secondary light, so you know how the cameras have those slots that you can uh, just slide a light into it or a mic into it. Um, this gives you the option to maybe attach another mic to it um, or another light to it. I mean, and um, a screen like a, a an external screen. So it just has all these uh, slots where you can attach different devices to it. Oh, cool. We'll um, have to link to that in the show notes. Yes, You'll have to, definitely. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you an image of it. Um, uh, another, which is what I use it for, which is a great benefit, is that it adds a little bit more 
have to the camera um, because it's a uh, straight metal piece and it will give a little bit more weight to that camera so that if you're attaching a heavier lens to it, it helps balance out that, that weight uh, fairly well. Um, so I started using that and I really like it. It definitely, definitely helps. I mean, the lenses that I have are nowhere as heavy, but now at least with that cage, it feels like the weight is on the camera more than it is on the lens, which when it comes to someone like me that uses that an adapter with the lenses, I'm always worried. And actually it did happen. Um, the adapter started getting loose, um, like the screws started coming loose on one on the back piece of the adapter so every time i move the camera the lens would also kind of move i found out it was that and i just tightened up the screws and it it, it 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 fixed itself but i haven't had that issue since using that cage on the camera oh so, good to know um so it's a, it's a it's a great thing but again it, it if you're a vi if you're looking into vlogging a lot it's a great thing because you can attach so many things that will help you with vlogging on oh, that wow. camera um so yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely. I'll, I'll send you an image of it, and we'll definitely attach it to the show notes. Great, you can look at it. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I use on mine. Okay, you you know you brought up a really neat point about just how a camera feels to you, and so you know so much. There are so many cameras to choose from, and, and some people have brand loyalty, and and that's great. But if you are just starting out, hold if you can visit an actual store and hold the cameras in your hands. Yes. Um, my X-T3 is a little bit larger than the X-T10, 20, and 30s that I had. And I actually really love the feel. It's still so much smaller than the DSLR I used to have back in the day. But I found that with the smaller cameras, even though I have small hands, sometimes it just felt not entirely balanced in my hand. And so, you know, I added an extra grip um, that allowed... I think a little more balance. Um, I have a, I love this little accessory. It's the thumb, um, the thumb grip by LensMate. It goes right into the hot shoe on top. I love that. I've had that for my cameras. So I guess if you are just starting out, um, so much of it boils down to feel, you know, be comfortable. This is a camera you want to have with you all the time and you want to use it. And if it's a chore to pull out, if it's heavy or if it's bulky or you don't really know how to use it or you, it's just. If the software is just too confusing yeah. and yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. you, you just, yeah. I think part of what makes people happy doing this is being happy with the tools they're using. And if, if you don't have a camera and you're using your phone, Oh my gosh, I, I can't speak mm -hmm. to Androids, but the iPhones can take fantastic photos yes. and play around. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I find that, you know, I just sometimes am lazy with an iPhone, so I just don't use it for my toy photography. But, because um, I think it's so easy to just fall mm -hmm. into like, oh, my iPhone will do it, as opposed to like, no, I, I really want to use my camera and, and focus more. But I have seen some incredible images taken with phones phone cameras and gosh I mean I think when we look at phones now they're really cameras that you can also make phone calls on as opposed yes. to phones that can also take pictures so yeah play around with what you have it doesn't you don't need to have fancy stuff or expensive stuff to get started completely agree with you I was actually going to bring that up um, for anyone that's listening and wanting to start out and you know because DSLR cameras and mirrorless cameras especially you know, they're pricey, you know, you're mm -hmm. looking at, you know, the cheapest one, probably 300 and above kind of thing. 
Um, so if you're starting out with this hobby, um, especially coming from someone like me that has no experience in, in cameras be- uh, prior to this, it's like, well, I, I can't just dish out $300 plus on a camera, especially that I don't know how to use. And especially that I'm just starting out and I don't know if I'm really going, you know, it sounds like a cool hobby, but am I really going to get into it to the point that I'm going to start investing all this money into it? Like Terry said, yes, Terry, you're correct, completely correct. Using an iPhone or using an Android phone is completely fine. I follow a bunch of toy photographers that use, um, that uh, just use their phones and the images come out great. Um the one the one issue with the with the um uh, and i don't know if android because i'm an iphone user so i don't know if android has this issue with the uh iphone and taking pictures on the iphone is the amount of control that you get mm-hmm. uh when it comes to you know changing the aperture changing the shutter speed changing all this stuff uh pretty much shooting manually which the built-in app camera app doesn't allow you to do it doesn't allow you to do there's so many third-party apps that you can download uh, that will give you that option. ProCam is one. Moment uses mm-hmm. uh, Moment is another one that you can download, and it completely converts your camera on your phone into a manual, a manual DSLR camera mm-hmm. that you can just play around with and change all that stuff. So, yes, you can definitely start, but not just start, but just use a phone to take your pictures for the entirety of your hobby <laughs> uh, and your picture taking and be and it will work completely i like i'm a i'm a tech junkie mm-hmm. <laughs> i will start with that i i i i see i see new things and i'm like oh that's so cool do i need it no but i want it so i'm gonna yep, get yep. it <laughs> and so that's why i just started wanted to start using a camera because i just um i just enjoy the the technology part of it and using that so you can, and you know, when it comes to the next episode, I think the next episode is going to talk about accessories and lighting. Um, I think it's the it's, next it's one. Coming it's, it's, um, it's, it's coming yep, up. It's coming up. Coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we'll talk about that when it comes to lighting. I go a little bit overboard on the lighting just because I love, I'm a tech guy. I love I love fancy stuff. Oh, I which. I hear you. And between the toys and the cameras, holy cow. Yes. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, I, I, just how much do I want to spend? Um, yeah. You're so right, though. I think that's why I've constantly upgraded my cameras. Um, and if you are someone, you know, if, if you're sitting, listening and nodding along to us, kind of saying, yeah, you're that that gear hound as well. There are ways to do it in in and not be spending a fortune. Um, when I accumulated a lot of my lenses... I, I waited for sales. Uh, Fuji, at that time, um, Fuji always had consistent sales where I could save. I think there was one lens that's like, I don't know whether it's an $800 lens. I remember picking it up brand new for $500. Um, and when you can start kind of watching and being really smart, lately what I've been doing, I, I've i sold most of, I'm trying to think, I sold my cameras um, to f- folks I knew. So, you know, and then I was able to upgrade. I've also traded lenses and, and cameras. Um, I have bought, and, and I would strongly um, encourage folks to, I've never rented lenses, but I've heard folks who've rented lenses. Yes. I would strongly encourage folks to, to look at some lens rentals 
or to also check out um, KEH and some other used lens companies. I can't speak to others. I've only used KEH, but I've done um, both sides of the transaction with them. I've bought used from KEH and they rate it. Um, and you can do this through um, B&H Photo, Adorama, like most camera places have used um used lenses and cameras and they rate them in you know so I've been able to pick up lenses that are rated you know demo or excellent and and save a couple hundred dollars or you know you could also go less on the rating scale I just don't um because I don't know I you know I can't fix stuff myself so I I try to go as close to new as possible while still saving a few bucks so I would you know if you're getting started um borrow, see what other people are using. I watched a ton of videos on YouTube when I made the switch to Fuji and Ariel, you're nodding. I see you. And it's like, YouTube is a treasure trove of resources. (laughs) And and I'll constantly look at like lenses and which lens. Um, Cause I don't know. And you know, I shoot a lot of different things. So I, I did not start out as a toy photographer. So I still have lenses that I use uh, for everything other than toys. And then I use, I have lenses that I use really only for toys that I would say my 60 millimeter um, one to two macro, I pretty much only use when I'm shooting toys, even though I could obviously use it for anything else. Um, But you can get carried away and and there's Mm -hmm. a focal length for everything. So watch some videos, see what you're trying to do. Um, Is macro necessary you know do you need that magnification maybe maybe not there are adapters that you can um put on your your normal lens that will give you that same effect i like i said my 16 1.4 anyone hearing that that's a wide angle lens yet because it allows me to focus so closely it ends up being macro-esque so so that's and you can, and you can get macro lenses for uh your phones as well Yes. You can get lens attachments. Again, Moment is Moment, a company yeah. that does that, that you can sell, you know, attachments that attach to your camera phone. And you can get uh, wide angle. You can get a fisheye. You mm-hmm. can get a macro type of thing, you know, especially if you're going to be shooting Legos. A macro macro lens it really helps out with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, if you want to stay, if you want to keep using a phone, but you're like, well, the lens, I, I'm interested in lenses, they make lenses for that. Um, because as Terry just kind of like mentioned, when, it, when, you, when you just mentioned when it came to uh, uh, how much you paid for your lens, paying for a body of a camera is a one thing. Paying for lenses, that's a whole other, I mean, lenses are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, which is another thing I, I love about Lens Baby, their lenses are not that expensive mm-hmm. when compared to other lenses out there. Um, but yeah, so you can, I mean, there's so many options. Use, like Terry said, mm-hmm. like the, the, get the KEH uh, website. Um, if you have a friend who's a photographer, borrow their lens, mm-hmm. see how it goes. But yeah, there's there's so much ways that you can spend a lot of money on this habit but there's yeah. also a lot of ways that you can save a ton of money uh with this habit absolutely absolutely so we've talked a lot about you know cameras and lenses and what we use so out of curiosity you know how would you describe your knowledge when it comes to like the technical side of photography you know how how comfortable are you with your camera settings and how did you learn all that especially because you had said you know you you were brand new to all of that. So, 
you know, I'm guessing the exposure triangle and knowing, you know, what settings. So how, I guess, to our listeners who might be just starting out and a little overwhelmed, um, how did you do it all? Uh, Well, Terry, like you said, YouTube. Like mm-hmm. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. It was, I mean, there are so many videos, not just when it comes to, you know, when I was able to get my hands on this M50. All right. I'm not, I, when it comes to anything, even when it comes to something as simple as putting furniture together, I'm not a manual booklet reader. I, I can't. I either say, okay, I'm just going to look at it and figure it out myself, or I go and look for some kind of video tutorial type of thing. Um, so I did that with my camera, with the M50. I just looked up a ton of videos uh, from different YouTubers on, you know, how to use the camera, how to navigate the settings, the the, the setting structure that Canon uses. Because again, I uh, my wife's camera was a Nikon, so different ways of navigating through the settings. So I had to learn that. So uh, used YouTube for that. When it came to uh, figuring out what lenses to use, what uh, uh, focal length to have, you know, like you said, the exposure triangle, um, which is how to use the aperture, how to use the shutter, how to use the ISO, how all three of those work together. Um, again, YouTube, a- uh, Adorama, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. Adorama, the way you put Adorama's web uh, YouTube page has some outstanding tutorials that break it down for you on this is what the exposure triangle does and this is how they play off each other and that's i would say out of all the videos the and adorama ones were the ones that i give credit to for figuring out how to use it now when it comes to talking about it or explaining it to someone i mm, i'm like <laughs> i mean this is what it does this is what it's supposed to do but i'm not nowhere near to the point where i can coach someone on yeah, if you want to get this kind of lighting effect, lower this down to this and play around with I'm to this day I'm still I still go on YouTube and or ask someone and be like, "Hey, I'm trying to get this look. How do I, you know, keep the ISO at 100, bring it up to bring it up higher, ba 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 ba, you know, it I still rely on those YouTube tutorials, YouTube videos, other photographers to 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 help me figure out how to how to navigate around that now when it comes to the camera and i'm sure terry you'll agree because i've been using it so long now i can pretty much blindfolded go into my settings or find the settings that i want because i'm already used to it with that camera now if i was to go back to the nikon or if i was to get a new one i'd probably be lost all over i know i would be lost all over again um, but it also, the, the, the more you start using it, the more you start playing with it, you'll get more familiar with it and, uh, just be better at figuring out, especially when it comes to a DSLR camera, because, uh, a coworker of mine who uses the DSLR doesn't like mirrorless, likes the DSLR ones. And I told him, well, don't you like the fact with mirrorless that you can see what your picture is going to come out of because of the, the way the mirrorless works? Um, and he's like, yeah, that's, you're good. You can, but when you get used to your camera, you know what settings to use so that that's not even an issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of using it. You get used to it and, and yeah, but yeah, I mean, YouTube is 
the resource. Definitely. And what we can do in the show notes is maybe point to some of our favorite resources. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly, Definitely. there are a couple Fuji photographers that I follow religiously and, and they taught me, you know, I'll watch those videos over and over again. And, and then there are some general ones that would apply to whatever brand you're shooting with. But you make a good point. I mean, yeah, the cameras all kind of do the same thing and do it sort of similarly, but the menus might be different. And I mean, each camera is different. Um, otherwise, we would have one brand. And so part of what drew me to Fuji, and this is, you know, shameless plug, um, I just love the film simulations. So by that, I mean, I just love Fuji colors. I'm I'm a sucker for really great Fuji colors. And, and I will talk about editing later in, in this series, but I really don't edit at all. Um, mainly because I really love how they come out. You know, often I, I'm just using JPEGs. Um, I just started importing RAWs, um, but I'm not doing anything to them. I import RAW with my favorite film simulation, and it's basically a JPEG, but it just has all the data there if I want to play around. I keep thinking I'm going to go back and, and edit, um, especially before we air the episode on editing. I figure I should know something, but I <laughs> really know nothing when it comes to editing. Um so we've talked, you know, gosh, these conversations go by so quickly. Um, so, you know, as we're thinking, I guess I have two questions that might get us thinking about like next steps. So what's one thing that um, a technique that you would love to experiment more, or learn more about when it comes to your photography? Mm, good question. Um... For me, I would say it's always going to go back to lighting. Mm. Um, it, it's one of those parts when it comes to not just toy photography, but just photography in general or just shooting in general. You know, they, they you ask any professional photographer and they're going to say lighting is key. Like <laughs> if your lighting is bad, your photo is not going to come out right. So um which I know we'll, we'll get more into when we talk about that episode, but it, it would definitely have to be um, lighting that mm-hmm. I would say I, I really need to get better at personally and uh, like to play around more. And how, when it comes to using the camera and the lighting, how it plays off each other. Because, yeah, I can have a bunch of different room cues and a bunch of different lights all around, but obviously... The, the settings on my camera, how how much exposure, how little exposure it is, that also affects the lighting. So not just how to set up lighting correctly, but how that how I how my camera plays well with those other lighting sources around me. Um, so that that would be I would say that would be the one. What okay, you? you know I I would have to agree. Certainly, lighting I feel like is something I'm. I'm always going to be learning. I up until really the toy photography, I think I was always shooting outside stuff. So, you know, I, I've this is my real first time kind of setting up a, a scene and and thinking about how to position lights. I never owned lights before, and so I've I've bought a few different pieces. And again, we'll talk about that later. So I guess I would echo everything you said about lighting, and then also using the camera to help me create to you know to go back to stuff we talked about in the first episode using the camera to create a scene um you know it's like sometimes I just feel like it's a snapshot of a toy as opposed to 
a really beautiful photographic image that so I feel like I'm working up to that and I need to just devote more time to be honest to to playing with that and I and again I'm being kind of stubborn I know I could do a lot in post-production but I want to create more artistic pieces in the camera um sometimes I just feel like oh that's just a fancy snapshot you know could my phone have taken that probably um but yeah, so I think it's just devoting the time to to improving the craft. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah, because you hear it all. You, oh sorry, no, go but, ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say because you hear it all the time when it comes to like uh, you know, oh, should I get a camera? Can I use my phone? It's like, well, my pictures come out better. If I, you know, you have those people that say, yeah, it's like your pictures will go to another level. Will get to another level when you're using when you're using an actual uh, DSLR or a mirrorless camera. Um, or you'll hear others because I personally have heard them both like mm-hmm. that or you hear um, oh you can take you know phones these days take pictures you know the, it, it's all about you and if you want to do some post editing um, you can take just as good images with a phone as you could with any other camera so I I I can't honestly say, you know, I've actually been thinking about maybe going back because when I started, I, I, I was using my phone when I just started. So for me to compare those pictures and be like, look at them now, look at them then compared to the way they are now. Um, oh, I, I'm not going to say it was the camera that made a difference on it because back then I just didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so was it that me moving to a camera? Maybe. Was it just that? I just got better at knowing how to shoot toys and how to tell a story. Um, And maybe to prove that or to test that, maybe I should just go back to using a phone and seeing if that does make a difference. Or Um, to take the same scene, you know, shoot it. Yeah, shoot it like with your phone and then shoot it Mm -hmm. with your camera and just see, you know, if you posted both, would someone be able to tell? And I think, you know, it's all... it's all in our eye, you know, where you and I could shoot. It's so subjective. You and I could shoot the same subject and it would look different because Mm -hmm. you're going to see it differently than I will see it. Yes, our cameras are different. Yes, our lenses are different, but our eyes are different. You know, our sensibilities are different. Uh, We might like, you know, I have never shot horror figures. I don't know how to create that mood that you do so well. Um, You know, I can't make like a Kermit shot look eerie and dark and and yet you know I I look at some of yours and it's like wow what's the lighting look like um you know you you just evoke such mood and and that's what's so awesome and I feel like I'm still figuring all of that out and and will I mean that's what Mm -hmm. keeps us shooting every day it's like we're just still figuring it out and Mm -hmm. playing um experimenting Mm -hmm. I need to do a better job of of looking at the reject photos and looking at my settings and kind of saying what didn't work there um instead i just delete them just because usually i'm i'm trying to get done quickly but i need to approach it with more intention i think um i think no i think that's a great point like looking at you know uh, especially if you're starting out um you know pay it when you take a photo you know write down i mean the the camera will store all that information, but mm-hmm. you have to dig in to look into it. But look into, you know, when you take a photo and, and you know, write down, okay, what aperture did I have it set at? What ISO did I have it set at? You know, um, what was my exposure like as a, as a whole? Like, you know, take all, take notice of all that because 
you know, months down the line or years down the line when your skills have greatly improved and you look at that image and it's like, man, I, I, you know what? I might like want to take that picture again and see what the difference is. You can look back and be like, all right, what was all my settings at? Mm-hmm. And let me see if I can duplicate that. Um, it's it, Yeah, it's a great way of seeing, you know, how far your skills have come, um, how you know, like you, that you're not comfortable shooting horror figures because you're not, not sure how to break that mood. <laughs> yep. But you will. You know, you will mm-hmm. because it, it's it's really not something that, oh, this person is just more better at taking horror pictures than I am. It's like, I mean, no, it's just they've done it longer. They've taken mm-hmm. more pictures. They found a way to make it look believable. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you can't. Give right. it a try and, and see what you come up with. And because, you know, we're gearing this podcast to people like us who are just starting out, you know, try to keep in mind that for every picture a photographer posts, there are dozens, if not hundreds, that didn't make the cut. So, you know, try to make sure that, you know, you you give yourself some grace in that. You know, some of these folks have been doing this forever. You and I, we're not even at the year marks yet. And, And so I think if you are listening and you're just starting out, it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to think that our skills aren't yet um, where someone else's are. And they might not be yet, but you keep at it, you shoot every day or as often as you can, you get used to your camera, you know, try to um, try to fight the urge to buy every new shiny thing until you know what you need and you don't need. <laughs> and that's tough. To try, I notice. <laughs> Keyword um, key, key there, yep. Um, you know, set a budget, think about what you really need, and, and you may find that your needs change over time. Um, yes. There are lenses I don't use anymore. You know, if I'm not using a lens, I'll trade it. And then I'll, you know, or sell it and save up for, for something I will use. Um, so all this to say, just get out there, start doing it. Um, any so final, quick, uh, oh yeah, please. Yeah, quick, so I want to ask, because you brought sure. up something interesting. So let's say out of one shot that you post on Instagram or something, mm-hmm. how many total shots, and I'll ask you and then I'll answer, how many total shots did, did it take for you to come, for you to get that one shot? Normally, like on a, you know, like yep. on a normal basis, average wise. So I think last night's shot, I probably I think I took like 17 pictures. Uh, I remember my sister asked me to do a couple photos for her for her office, and I th- I was like, okay, yeah, I'll just I'll shoot a couple and send them over to you. That night, I think I sent her eight different shots. No more. I don't think I sh- I sent her more than ten, but I took a hundred and. 30 I think the first batch I took like 114 and I think I sent her eight and then I took another Mm -hmm. 20 maybe and sent her another four so and and it's something that is just like ooh, that one's close but I cut off his foot oh that one it's just a little lot of focus in that one spot so yeah I mean on a normal night I would say I'm probably taking anywhere between 15 and 30 for to post one and then I might like you know, four others, five others. Um, but some days I look out. Yeah. Some days, you know, I could shoot 50 in, in like one. Some days I can mm-hmm. shoot six in like three. And yeah. it all it all kind of depends. I wish there were rhyme or reason or I wish I <laughs> I wish I had it down to a science, but I don't yeah. yet. So, yeah, which I don't, is fun. I don't think, uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think there, I don't think it's ever going to, because me personally, I, yep. anywhere from 100 to 150. Wow. 
different shots. I mean, I normally, and there's two reasons for that. One, I shoot on a, I have like a, 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 I don't know what the term is, but I have my camera set. So I'm shooting like, oh, like a like speed burst. Burst mode. Okay. Yep. Burst mode. Yes. Yep. Um, and the reason I shoot that is because, you know, in a lot of my shots, I use smoke. Yeah. Um, or atmospheres, uh, uh, you know, to give some kind mm-hmm. of atmosphere. Or if it's a horror shot, to give give that really spooky uh, smoke look to it. So, you know, when you're... Uh, and I have a fog machine for that. Oh, cool. um, so, you know, when I release the smoke, that fog is going to go all over the place. So I take... At, air, at one one hold of the button, I probably get like twenty five shots off of that one, off of that one, just to see which one was better. So wow. yeah, on any given day, I'm shooting like a hundred to hundred and fifty shots, and out of those hundred hundred and fifty shots, I pick one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's the, and yeah. So it's yeah. The the post editing takes a while. Yeah, that I will say you provided the perfect segue to the next episode that we're going to record, which focuses on the toys themselves and the props and accessories that that Mm -hmm. we love. So what we'll do in the show notes for this one, we'll we'll identify our cameras, the gear that we love, um, the accessories, you know, whether we we prefer a specific tripod or something that we know has helped us as beginners. Um, We'll steer clear of lights for right now until we get to that Mm -hmm. episode. But um, yeah, we'll provide all of that in the show notes and then our next episode will focus on the toys the props the accessories and that should be another fun one some nice dioramas some digiramas which is the next which is the new thing now so yeah we'll definitely go into all that i'm looking forward to that one because i definitely have a lot (laughs) awesome yeah i'm building up that collection but yes so any final thoughts before we sign off uh no that's pretty much that all i can think of like you know um, like always, you know, uh, feel free to shoot us messages on on Instagram. Um, that's the only way to find me. Um, I'm at Those Wonderful Toys. And, you know, if you have any questions or look out for the show notes on the toyphotographers.com. Uh, right? It's toyphotographers. Yes, toyphotographers.com, uh, where, you know, we'll post the pictures of our gear and uh, maybe include, uh, include links definitely Uh, if you're you're interested in getting it um but yeah no that's all i have excellent you can find me at green hen photography and that's g-r-e-e-n-e h-e-n photography and as ariel said shoot us you know drop us a line shoot us a note um comment and you know give us suggestions what what you enjoy and and would offer um advice for newbies as well so until our next time thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon Thank you so much for listening. If you want more episodes or articles about toy photography, visit us at toyphotographers.com. The best way to connect with us on social media is on MeWe. Search for toyphotographers.com or find the link in the show notes. If MeWe's not your thing, visit us at Facebook, Toy Photographers, or on Twitter, at Toy Photoblog, or on Instagram, at underscore toy photographers underscore. Thanks again for listening.